Welcome to ADHD is Over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is Over. Welcome back. Today, my guest is Andrew Perry. Andrew's an entrepreneur, the founder of Seattle Pomade Company, certified organic hair and skincare line, and he's also the co-founder of Resonant Botanicals, a CBD-based line of topicals. Andrew is also the son of Sue Perry, who was on our show. There's an episode called Saving Andy, and today we're going to hear actually from Andrew, or Andy as she calls him, today about his life. So I'm really excited to have Andrew on the show. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, hey. Um, so let's dive right in. Um, your family uh, was not was going through something that I would call not typical in this ADHD landscape. You guys um, were, or I should say, your parents were approached that there was something going on with you at school uh, at an early age. Could you tell me what age that was, what you remember sort of the first time that you knew something was, was off in terms of other people uh, uh, pointing something out that was disruptive or different or what they call abnormal? Well, I mean, the, the first thing about what was said is that you said it was something that might be like, like not typical. I would, I would argue that, actually. Um, I would say... Given where I went to school, um, the common occurrence may ha- may or may not have been more than like maybe a quarter to a third of the student base being pulled out for the same reasons that I was pulled out for. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know that you know being being you know that that being kind of like the the pretense. I mean, yeah. So I mean, like really, um, you know, I I like even going back to kindergarten. I mean, this is me going back to when I was six. Um, I had a tough time with reading starting. Yeah. I mean, just, just, just reading. So, I mean, that, that was, that was, that was where I kind of realized, okay, like I'm not, I'm not holding, holding serve with my other classmates, Hmm. but you know, when second and well, really, really when first, well, first grade went kind of by, but then second grade was where I really started to notice that like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Um, so that was, you know, where it really started to, um, you know, kind of become, you know, relevant to me and my early academic success that, that, that this was kind of a thing that was just kind of going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And do you remember, uh, do you remember the day or the moment that, uh, um, your parents were notified or there was a discussion or what do you remember, uh, when ADHD was brought up? Well, so back then it wasn't ADHD. It was, it was, it was just ADD. Um, so, so, um, you know, uh, kindergarten, obviously, I mean, I was oblivious. The only thing that I really remember besides not reading was just a yellow jacket hornet going around in the room. And then for, yeah, I mean, you know, and then, and then, and then first grade was like, all right, you know, we're doing plays and we're doing, um, you know, arts and crafts and, you know, beginning to, learn how to, you know, write sentences and all this stuff. Um, and then that kind of went by, um, I do remember my mom having discussions with and about my teacher at the time. Uh, you know, she, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, she, she seemed kind of, uh, kind of stale for lack of a, of a better term, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, whatever it's, but, um, really I, like, I didn't begin to identify that there was something different until second grade. Um, so, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's when I really, um, started to kind of look at myself as a, just a, a young little boy, you know, like, Hey, what's going on? So, um, luckily, like I was not mm-hmm. alone. I mean, I was, I was not alone. There were, there were other classmates. There were other people that were like, you know, there, there with me. Um, and, and so it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't, you know, completely traumatizing at all. It was nothing like that. It was just, it was just a bit obscure. So. And so was there then a group sort of a, a, a special ed type of group of kids like yourselves that, that were considered, uh, not sure what they called it back then, you know, uh, developmentally or academically slow or, uh, what would they refer? What do you think they would refer to you guys as? Cause nowadays it's so, just special ed, right? Right, right, right. And, and, and so back then, I mean, really, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it was, it was one of these things where, you know, today maybe it's different, but you know, back, back then it was like, um, I mean, there weren't any, uh, for myself, I mean, there, there, there wasn't any like developmental disabilities. There wasn't any kind of like real clear cut, um, you know, uh, you know, markers of like, say mental retardation or something like that. But at the same time too, uh, you were kind of lumped in, um, with, with getting that kind of care within the public school system. And, and so with that came the expansion of, um, you know, special ed and they were just, I feel like at the time I was going through, um, that, you know, that, that time in my life around second grade was when the public school system was really trying to understand how they could expand special ed. And so, um, you know, I didn't know that then, but looking, looking back at it now, it, it, it seems that, that, that might've been the motive, but, um, I mean, it's, it's anecdotal at best, but at the time, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I really didn't understand why I was being taken out of my classroom to go somewhere else. Um, you know, I was just there, did that coursework, went back to my regular classroom later in the day. And that was the end of it. Um, was there any uh, teasing or any, did you ever feel like other kids would make fun of you or was there any of that? No, 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 not, not, not for me, for others. Yes, but not for me. Got it. Cause yours was just uh, an academic issue. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, kids, kids teasing, it, it's like, you know, you go out for recess and I'm still like holding serve, you know, still active, still doing things with, with, with other kids. Um, you know, still, still had like good friendships and stuff like that. I mean, it, I was, I was not held back physically. I was not held back um, r- really even, even mentally. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just like, you know, it was just a place that I'd go outside of class and that was the end of it until recess. And then after school, you know, and, and this is like me thinking as a second grader, you know? So. And was it, and I'm assuming the, the, the bullying uh, factor was very small back then too. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, sure. There's no social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, that all factors into this, you know, the, the being harassed or being name called. Um, so 
Now, when I bring this up, right, so you, um, your parents were sort of, uh, I want to call roped into or convinced that medication would be the most effective to deal with that, correct? Right. And this was not a thing that I really understood until much, much, much later in life. But um, I mean, given, you know, if we're, if we're speaking in context, I mean, we'll, we'll stick with back then as opposed to what we understand now. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, go right ahead. Yeah, so medication was presented to them and then they thought that was the best thing. And so then they put you on medication. And how, how was that introduced to you? Was it just like, hey, this is a pill that's going to make you smarter and just take it and go to school? Or what was the discussion that you guys had? Do you remember that? Um, it was, uh, this is what you'll take. Um, other kids also do it, so you'll do it too. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay. You know, and, 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 and so, you know, for like anything else, it's, it's like you, you take this and then you go to school you take out the garbage. It was, it was like a chore, you know, it was just, it was, it was just something you did. You, you, yeah. you didn't dive into it. You didn't ask why you were just young. You just did it because your parents said, this is what you're doing. And you're like, okay. So. And do you remember by any chance, and I'm not expecting you to remember all these details, but some people do. I don't uh, currently in my life. You remember at that age when you first took the medication, was there an effect? Did you feel it? Did you, how, how was that uh, a first time? No. So Roman, there was, there was never any of that. There was the only thing that I remember was like waking up with chest pains and, and um, just having this, like, <clears throat> um, you know, what it, what it, what it felt like back then was similar to what I felt, you know, even a couple of years ago where it's like you know i was having like real bad gerd and so it just felt like this pressure and just this this like like it, it feels like you're having a heart attack and it's just mm. like and and that it, it felt that way so that that's the only thing that i remember i i never felt like i was concentrating more or less i mean that that kind of just went by um i never felt like it it made me focus more there was none of that it, it just you know um, but my, did, did, mm -hmm. sorry, go ahead. Well, well, my, my mom said I had sleepless nights. I believe her. Uh, I don't remember that myself. Um, just because it's like, if you've had a sleepless night, you're just kind of like a drone anyways, the next day. And then you go to bed. It's like, well, I mean, and, and mind you, this is like medically indu or, or, or it's induced by medication. So it's like, I don't really remember any of that. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. And I, I recently tried, you know, myself, I wanted to try the medications. And I when I was on Adderall extended release, like I could not uh -huh. sleep. I was like up till uh -huh. 4am, you know, and see, I mean, we can get to this later in the conversation. But like, you know, this Adderall thing that's going on with adults right now, it stems from what happened with with this practice, you know, even 10, 20 years ago, it's like, this is, this is what's this is the carryover effect of, you know, how we treated this issue. I, I, I won't call it a mental disorder, but how we treated this issue, you know, back in the late eighties, nineties and early two thousands. So. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was definitely intense for me, you know, as an adult, um, I only took like five milligrams and I could definitely feel it. I could feel, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Rush, you know, but did it, did it improve? 
what it was supposed to improve? Did you academically have a period where you actually got better? No, no, it's, it's because I hated school. Um, and, and you, like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I could have used Ritalin to be better at Nintendo. I could have used Ritalin to be better at Sega. I could have been like, like you, these, these drugs, they, they, they do work. Okay. The thing about it is that like what happened is that, um, going to school, being a school, it was the place that I hated. So it wasn't where I put my focus, right? Like if I were to like, let's say I had a passion for coding. If I wanted to pop Adderall or Ritalin and then go right into code, I would go for 12 hours nonstop and it would be great. Okay. Or maybe, maybe regardless of, of the health effects, but like it, you know, there wasn't that context back when I was, uh, 11, you, you know? So it's like, I, I didn't like school. I hated it because it was just, it was, um, it was one of these things where it was, you're there going through the motions. You have to hit these scores to move on kind of arbitrarily. You, you, you don't understand why you have to, but you're not performing the way that you should. So here's this drug and it's going to make you better at what you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put this into a context of a, of a, of a, like an 11 year old. Um, and that, and that, and that, and that part's tough, but yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, parents, like they want these outcomes, but it's like, look, if your child like hates being there in the first place, it's like, you're, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very well said. And obviously this, we, this could take us into a deep rabbit hole about edu education, right? Because one of the main experts on what I call the currently one-sided narrative of on a, around ADHD, Russell Barkley, a very studious man who's done this for years and years and is very accredited. And he always says, you know, some, somebody from what I call our side will try to challenge him and say, well, it's not that kids can't focus. Uh, it's just that they can focus on something they want to focus, right? When they want to, they can hyper. Oh, oh yeah. Right. But then he says, yep. well, yeah, well, that's, uh, they want to focus, but what if when they need to? And the question is, well, what do we require them to need to learn or focus on that perhaps is no longer interesting to children it's no longer taught well in an so way right well so that that might become a question of um incentive so yep you know this is this is a thing that i've that i've wondered about you know very very early on you can you can get children you can get their general creativity and this is this is regardless of their you know sex um you know, because I mean, there, I mean, I, I buy into the idea that there are like differences in, 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 in girls and boys, you know, you, you've got rough and tumble play and then you have studiousness and then you have, you know, basically your five personality traits and so on. But, um, you know, you, you, you have a, you have a, a time frame and a very limited one, you know, in, in early childhood where you can get those kids interested in the concept of learning. Okay. Um, but if you miss it because of just X, Y, Z reason, it could be lack of resources. It could be, um, distraction. It could be, you know, just kind of aversion it, it, or, or whatever. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of reasons. Um, 
I think the only thing that you might be left with after that is incentive. So it's like if they didn't get it because they wanted to, they'll get it because they think they need to. And if they think they need to, there's got to be kind of a kind of a barter there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think medication fills that void. Um, and, you know, the, and, and by the way, the reason why I think this is because, you know, we, we, we look at, um, you know, even in the past 20 years, we, we look at like first generation immigrant families who have come to the U S and it's like their, their kids are diehard, um, you know, into, into academia. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not because, you know, they've, they've got a, you know, a leg up or even have better resources. In fact, the opposite's actually true, but it's because the at-home life is a little bit different in that like, you know, you've got the parents there pushing like, Hey, you know, we've, we've, we've come from this. Now we're here. Don't, don't screw this up. And uh, I think that attitude carries over quite a bit, um, you know, into, into, you know, later, later, later in life. But, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, the incentive proposal is way more effective than, than medication. Absolutely. I see medication as sort of a straitjacket to tie you down to then spoon feed you the stuff that you don't really find tasty, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. And I I like what you said, because I feel like even though uh, these uh, families that move here to the U S and, and, you know, the kids grow up here and they're into academia in a way, it's another uh, sort of, what I call falls drive because ultimately, yes, they will go to school and, and, and learn academically, but it's kind of like, you know, they've been fed a narrative that they have to be successful. They have to become mm-hmm. lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. right. And we're seeing that crumble as well. So I think the only thing we have left is making education more interesting and more uh, tailored, more personal and unique to each individual. Right. Because- well, I'm, <clears throat> Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure that there were, that we're seeing that, that, um, that incentive crumble. What, what I, what I think is that we have, um, skills gaps, right? Like I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not advocating that everybody should become a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that, but what, what's been overlooked, you know, and we see it today is in trade schools, like people, people aren't, um, being taught the idea of just going and pursuing a trade. It's like what, what I was taught and how I grew up was like, you're going to college. That's the only way to succeed is to get a degree, not, 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 not a STEM degree, not, not, but just, you have to go to college. Yeah. And unfortunately that's, that's just a bill of goods. Um, that's not, that's not true at all. (laughs) Not like not, not one bit. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's instances where, that's true. Um, you know, if you majored in something either because you had the, um, you know, the academic prowess or your timing was, was, um, you know, just, just appropriate, um, versus like, I, I, I don't really see the idea today of going to school and pursuing, you know, like a social sciences or liberal arts degree versus, you know, going to go be an electrician or learning how to code, with 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 the pretense of how to provide for yourself yeah and 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 so that's that's kind of where um you know it's it's strange how we talk about this because the 
the educational system, like, I don't, I don't think they actually really know how to combat, um, you know, platforms that, that teach this without the ability to employ massive amounts of people. Um, yep. Yep. So it's, I agree. it's a little yep. bit strange. So. Yeah. And what I meant was by crumble is more like, uh, you know, those, those who want to be doctors and those who want to be lawyers and it's their true passion, you know, they will get it done. But then there's those who are told that that's the only way to a fulfilling, you know, financially successful life. Mm -hmm. That's starting to kind of uh, show itself like the, the emperor wears no, no clothes. You know? Oh, sure. Like, that's, no, that's no longer really the only way to get, you know, as a matter of fact, I think what I call we've been living in this sort of heavy left brain kind of world mm -hmm. where we've neglected to teach a lot of the things that are important, like relationships, emotional mm -hmm. well-being, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's all reforming. It's all, it's a cruise ship turning around slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a speedboat, right? Yeah. Um, so that said, uh, what I just want, uh, what I think is important here for me that parents hear this, um, and I've talked to several uh, people like yourselves, young adults, even older, uh, uh, that, you know, you, I could say, you turned out, and let me just define uh, what I mean by that. I mean that you've created or carved out your own path in life. You've become an entrepreneur uh, who uh, successfully, creatively works on these companies and makes a living. You have, I believe, a life partner, right? Or oh, yeah. Just, just recently got engaged. Yep. There we go. Congratulations. Thank That's you. That's right. You know, and... From what I'm hearing, just how you're talking about it, and you shared this with me before we started recording, uh, that you uh, you don't ever feel like a victim. Um, Correct. And to me, just hearing that, I can say, if you were my son, you know, my son is now 11, say 18, 19 years out, and he would sound like this and show this kind of life uh, to me, I as a parent would say, wow my son turned out. So first of all, congratulations to you. And second of all, um, I just wanted, I wanted parents to hear that also from you when I say that, right? What comes up for you when I say you turned out, you made something of yourself? So one thing to parents is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 36 and, um, you know, I felt like I've had, you know, a couple of many lifetimes between graduating high school until now. And what I mean by that is that, you know, so I, I, you know, from, from high school, um, I went into the military. Um, I, I commissioned as an officer very, very early. Like, so I was, I was a commissioned officer in the army when I was 20 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was, that was strange. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that's a weird type of leadership role to have at a, at a, at a very young age. And so it's very nuanced and you're dealing with people that, uh, you know, you're, you're having to make decisions, um, you know, that affect people's lives, uh, you know, at a very young age, but really what you just have to learn how to do is to delegate, you know, really. And, 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 and so that's, that's what it be, uh, becomes. Mm. So, you know, that was kind of very, very early adulthood for me. And then, um, my corporate life with Cisco foods, um, was, 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 was mixed very, very early on, uh, for the first five years, I was there for seven, but for the first five years, extremely successful. And then for the previous, uh, sorry, the, 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 uh, the two after that, when I transferred, uh, was, was not so good. Um, but then after that, I went into entrepreneurship 
And then, so I, I've, I've been doing that ever since, um, you know, with these two companies and, um, you know, there's been ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys and, and, you know, all the, all the, all the jargon, but one yeah. thing to parents that, you know, beyond, beyond academia and stuff like that, um, I think a really important thing to teach, uh, you know, young people is, is, is resilience. And, and, and I think that's extremely important today because of how the job market, um, you know, kind of changes just over time. I mean, it was, you know, when, when, when I was graduating college, um, you know, it was MySpace was the big thing, Yeah. you know, now, now that, now that's a relic. And, and so, um, I mean, a relic by a, by a big metric too. I mean, it's, it's, we've seen how, um, you know, platforms have just, have just taken over and it's like, that's how people learn skills today and all stuff. But what hasn't, what's, what's remained consistent is, you know, the people who are resilient to, um, accepting like, you know, changes in reality and skill sets and, uh, you know, their willingness to adapt and, and, and move on. Um, those are the people who really, really, uh, move far beyond. And I think that's, kind of the new reality and it's being forced on people. It's not because they want to, but it's, it's just because of like, that's just the nature of the beast, I think. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, that was, that was a, you know, a long diatribe, but I, I, I mean, but uh, yeah, I, that's, I mean, resilience to me is something that I would like really preach to any, any, any parent. So. Mm. No, that's great. Um, now it is said, and I also feel that's very true that uh, children who, are diagnosed with what I call a so-called disorder, ADHD, um, are essentially more flexible and more uh, into reinventing than, say, uh, kids with non-ADHD. Um, and you find that somewhere true that you uh, that you find yourself, uh, you know, for example, I think it's like upwards of seventy percent of entrepreneurs have are either diagnosed with ADHD or think they have ADHD. It seems to be a common thing around entrepreneurs because you constantly have to reinvent. Well, the thing about it is that like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're always looking for, you know, an advantage. You're always looking for something, um, you know, to, to, I mean, for lack of a better term, you're always looking for some sort of exploitation or some sort of opportunity in, in, in what you're trying to do mm -hmm. um, be, because you have to capitalize on it, you know, and if, and if, and if, and if you don't, you're done. Yeah, um, yeah. But really, like, if, if, if you take that mindset, and if you can just focus in for just a little bit, and, um, you know, do, do, you know, just due diligence, um, you know, your, your outcomes become much better. What's strange now, Roman, is that, you know, early in life, I was very much a kind of a creative mindset. But now it's, it's, I've, I've gone full bore into, um, I mean, the, the theme now of my life is just organization to, to the point now where like, I'm actually coding. I'm, I'm, I've learned SQL. I'm into Python. Um, you know, actual, actual organization is, is a big deal for me because, because it's dictated by necessity. Mm. And did this come naturally to you or do you remember? Um, and then I want to go back again. I know we jumped ahead. I just wanted the parents and our listeners in general, they get the context that we are, you know, talking to a, a young man who, who as a child was diagnosed with ADHD, medicated, 
had some complications and then the family moved away from it. And then ultimately you made something of yourself that you enjoy, uh, that it's a livelihood, you seem fulfilled, you got engaged. I just wanted to set that context. But going back a little bit is, do you feel that um, you created, you've been over time creating your own structures that keep you focused or like you said, keep you into spreadsheets now more than before? Uh, or do you just find yourself gradually getting more uh, focused on those things? Or what do you think this is a result? I mean, you said necessity, <coughs> that makes sense. Sure, okay, so um, really now, now um, what, what happens is that like early on and just in both businesses, like it was all about creativity and it was all about, um, you know, like, you know, producing the best product, you know, sourcing the best ingredients and all that stuff. But where, you know, myself in one business and then me and my partner in the other, uh, you know, now we have to build processes to delegate what we want to other people. And so that becomes very, very, very heavily um, process oriented, data driven, and just we have SOPs, sorry, standard operating procedures for, for you know, everything that we do. Um, but, you know, like my original like passion, you know, just, just to bring it back, right? My, mm -hmm. my, my original passion has actually just been cooking. Um, you know, the, 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 you wow. know, even, even, even today, like the happiest that I really ever am is when I'm like behind 12 burners or, or just, 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 I mean, I could, I just love it. It's great. I love making food. Um, but wow. you know, the, the thing that goes into it is that like, that is just some sort of organized chaos. Um, but if you can like, if you can scale that up and really, you know, like just, um, you know, make it so that it's consistent and you understand supply chains and you understand distribution and you've got outbound expectations and all, all that stuff. Well, then you've got McDonald's. Okay. So, um, is, is, as soulless as that sounds, it's like, let's, let's be real. I mean, this is, this is, this is, you know, what, what, they've become. And I use that analogy because it's like, you know, at, at some point when you're trying to delegate, um, you know, what, what your expectations are to other people, you become this kind of, um, you know, organization obsessed person. And uh -huh. it like, you kind of graduate from this ADHD mindset into, okay. Um, I mean, there's no other way to be. So it's kind of like, at some point you're forcing your hand. And so I think that's a tough part for a lot of people to meet. Is it like you're either going to realize that or you're not? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So I get that there's passions there. There's, uh, you know, passions in business, passion for cooking. Um, it seems like you are okay. Sort of happy, uh, inside having your, your hands, uh, in many pots, so to speak, to, to, could you ever see yourself just doing one thing or no. one? No, no, that was a quick no. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't expect the yes. Um, I think the time of what I call, you know, there used to be uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but I feel mm -hmm. like we're entering, we're entering a time when it's actually uh, not so advantageous to be master of one, but, but more like a uh, uh, jack of many trades and perhaps master of a few, you know? Well, but that's just it, right? So, so like I could do many things mediocre, but I could do a few things very well. And, and so what you want to realize though, is that like, 
this is this this becomes kind of a weird a weird thing of like all right so what what like what tasks do we actually delegate to other people versus mm-hmm. what is just done to software right like yeah i don't have to have a bookkeeper anymore no that's done mm. i don't i don't have to have an hr person anymore no that's like that's software now and so, you know, the, the, the resilience argument that I brought up earlier becomes more and more necessary. And that, I mean, you've like, what you're doing today, maybe in five or six years will become less and less valuable in the job market. And so teaching resilience early on and just yeah. building a, a very base core skill set is very, very, very necessary. Yeah. And I, I feel, I agree. I feel we, we need to shift schools to teaching, like you said, learn how to learn and learn the, yes. basic, the basic skills uh, yeah. that, that will be needed in any profession. Yes. You know, and, and, yes. and relationship building and fostering is a basic skill in any profession. Um, that's, that's going to be 50%, if not more of keeping these relationships harmonious. Right. Um, so I'm with you on that. I just want to go back to, uh, I have a couple of really interesting questions coming up, um, sure. but I, w- I want to just go back to uh, the, the, the time when you, you had some complications with medication, correct? You mm-hmm. talked about not being able to sleep. You had some chest pains. How far did this go? How long did this take until your parents were like, whoa, something is not healthy here? Right. Um, so... I mean, even I think your listeners who are parents, I mean, even they'll remember. Um, so I used to have chest pains a lot while I was playing Warcraft 2. Um, specifically, the reason why I remember it is because I was there at home, you know, not recess, not at school. Not, and so, like, that's when I would, like, be like, hey, mom, like, this hurts. And I'd be sitting there playing, uh, you know, Warcraft 2 or SimCity 2000. Um and yeah, so that was my memory of, of the actual like physical pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So that, and what yeah. was the what was the worst uh, pain or the worst complications that you had before your parents, uh, or was it just the amount of those pain those type of pains, or were there others? No, it it like you know really like I I don't remember anything else um, you know beyond like breaking a bone or you know just just like one offs but like um, you know I I I just think that you know back back then like it just became a thing that if I took the medication like I could expect this would happen oh and I thought that was like normal like yeah, that was that was like oh it's it's part of it you know you'll get used to it you know so. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, you know, me, me back, back in like, you know, 10 year old mine or 11 year old mine, it was like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know? Mm-hmm. And so then, then your parents decided to take you off meds and sort of, that's when I believe your mom was probably the biggest proponent to say like, this is, this is all BS. Let's, let's go in a different direction. What, what was that direction? How did you, how did that impact you? How did you feel about that? Uh, just, okay, cool. So that's like one thing off my list that I had to do for the day. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, and, and uh, like, you know, back, back then my, my mind was like, let's get done with school so I can go skateboarding or so I could go play video games. <laughs> or so I could go like it, like it, it didn't, it didn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it, it doesn't like, 
go into my calculus of, of like, Oh, this is a thing. Like I, I didn't feel disadvantaged if I was like denied Ritalin that, that didn't cross my mind that that's not true. Like it, <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. So, and okay. So then you, you guys turned and w- at what point do you uh, feel that you started to kind of see your life as like, you know, I like doing many things. Uh, I, I like being entrepreneurial. I'm going to try these things out and assuming your family just guided you along and allowed you to do what needed to be done. But when do you feel like you kind of, got into your groove? Um, really like when I was, uh, 30 mm-hmm. and I know, I know that sounds strange, but like, you know, yeah, I went through uh, high school. I went through college, went through the military, went to, but really, um, you know, when I was, when I was 30, I was having to learn the whole USDA process on my own. No consultant, no, no, no college course, no nothing. I was like, I was there faced with it and you just learn it by doing it. And so it's like, you know, that was the thing where I was like, okay, so now this is, this is what real like skill set building is. Um, and I know it's much, 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 much later in life, but, um, you know, now I look back to that and I think to myself, okay, like, so now I'm learning coding. And it's like, all right, like, I know it's not fun, but like, it's, you know, you pick up the basics and, you know, very quickly you start to understand things and they build on, you know, kind of like a, just a, 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 you know, they, 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 you know, steps, they, they all build on each other. And it's like learning any other language actually. Um, you know, whereas before, you know, even going through college, you're, you're just, you're, you're learning information just to pass an exam okay, that's great, you know, graduate and then working at Cisco, you're learning all these, you know, um, sales strategies and all these, um, you know, you're learning how to make margin just to get, you know, just to nail the account. That's great. Cool. You know, you'll get bonuses. It's fine. But, you know, with those structures, there's, there's a lot of predetermination or, or, or sorry, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, the, the, the end game has been decided for you. Whereas, you know, now being an entrepreneur, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's limitless or, or it could be demise. I mean, and, 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 and so you, you, mm-hmm. you have to balance those things. So that's in, Yeah. That's interesting because, um, you know, most parents would probably have been worried that it took you until 30, right? Sure. Because our society has created sort of this ideal, get into college, graduate, and by 30, you already have a full fledged career. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing is, based on very recent research, um, you know, it turns out that a lot of college kids are in debt. They're stressed Mm -hmm. out. There's a lot of depression, uh, Mm -hmm. suicide. And this is before 30. So you essentially were gearing up uh, to to find what you love or find what you wanted to do to learn how to learn or when you wanted to learn. And then at 30, you clicked in and sort of ran down your path. And it seems like that's worked out well so far. Well, so I treat my prior experiences just as case studies. Yeah. Great. Um, I mean, even, even for myself. And, and so it's like, look, you know, like I bought my first house when I was, I think 23, um, went through that, learned about it and like learned, you know, did the roommate thing and like all that to like, just pay the mortgage and, 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 you know, gain the equity and all that. But it's like, it, it, it didn't, 
even still, like it, it, it didn't provide, you know, it didn't, it didn't satisfy the entrepreneurial itch. And so I realized, all right, this is not like, you know, it was, it was kind of a very conventional way of, of, of going about things. But, um, you know, now I was like, all right, so I moved to Washington and, you know, things went very South with Cisco very quickly. Um, and I was like, all right, so even I kind of had my hand forced into what I'm doing today, but it's worked out. And that's not because of any kind of serendipity. It's, it's, it's because of, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's cause I work my butt off. Um, yeah, yeah. so, so, um, you know, and, and I still do to this day. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's fine. But I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm not beholden to, you know, um, you know, a, any kind of like corporate system. I, I, I mean, although like I, I, I am trying to develop my own corporate system, which is ironic, but, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, where it's like, yeah, like the remnants of my past and my childhood. Um, I mean, I'm still very much, a uh, you know, a creative guy. I've become less em- empathetic by the way. Like I don't, you know, I'm, I just kind of just, I don't know if that's just being jaded, but, um, you know, I, I realize, uh, now, you know, things are a little bit more critical because of the decisions that I think that I have to make. Mm-hmm. And so that requires greater and greater organization. And that's, that's, that's why I, you know, we can go back, I think 20 minutes ago, it's why the theme now is not so much creativity. It's, it's become organization. And, and, uh, I think you'll find a lot of people, you know, early in life that, that, you know, can't be dealt with or just, um, you know, they're, they're a little bit, uh, even off the rails, like that's fine. I mean, like, but you know, later, later, later in life, I mean, if, if they've got the proper stimuli, it's, it's like they could, they could be really, really great people in a lot of companies and, um, even, even, even their own companies, because the incentive thing, which I've mentioned, it be, becomes more and more real. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's interesting because I'm going to ask you a question this way, um, and it's all a, a matter of context, but do you think that ADHD can be outgrown in its... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so ADHD, great, cool. Um, I mean, you know, you put some guy or gal like with ADHD in the in the gym or in gymnastics or in swimming. It's like, yeah, sure, fine. I mean, make them hyper focused on a goal, preferably like a very active one, and you'll get a champion. Mm, yeah, that's what we see with Michael Phelps, right? Oh, no, sure, and and not not only that, it it it's like, <clears throat> you, you know. The thing about that is that like that label, it comes from academia. And so when you put that into sports, that's kind of like outside academia. And then that's their kind of outlet from, I mean, academia, you know, for me it was kind of a hellscape. So it's like, well, okay. So, you know, me early on, I found Jim. And I think that's what actually saved me from going from Ritalin into party drugs and opioids and all that stuff. It's cause like, you know, I found, the gym. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you take that same person, um, you know, and, and you, you know, just, you, you just have to refocus, um, you know, that, 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 that hyper youthful exuberance into 
into something else. And, you know, then they'll find that they can accomplish things. They can, they can meet, they can meet personal goals. They they could, or PRs as, as we call them, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that, you know, that, that, that builds. That's great. Um, now, another question is, what do you think was the main thing that your parents did or allowed you uh, for you to unfold or, you know, find yourself as a 30 year old at the time when you were just hitting this, hitting the, what is it? Getting into the groove, right? Hitting the stride. What, what do you think is the, the one thing your parents, or if it's a few, but their main approach to parenting? Hmm. I mean, that's, in what context? I mean, it, it, there's, it's multifaceted. Yeah. So um, what would you say uh, was needed from your parents for you to um, feel confident enough or, uh, you know, I don't want to say relaxed, but for you to take your time, quote unquote? I mean, in learning a skill or preparing for a test or, or what? Uh, more, more in general, or without leading, leading the witness, I'm sort of trying to dig for, uh, if you were telling other parents uh, ways, to, ways of being, ways to approach parenting with a child with ADHD such that they could find their own, their own way, what would you need? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, All right, yeah. So, so yeah. So don't, don't turn, um, don't turn punishment into punishment, turn punishment into a puzzle. Hmm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. So it's, it's like, all right. So like if, if, if something was done like wrong or incorrectly, it's, it's like, you know, I would, I would, what I would like is like, let, let, let them find their way out of the hole that they put themselves in. Don't Hmm. have the parents do it for them. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the parents are going to be around forever. It, it, it's like, let's be, let's be real. It's like, if you, if you dug yourself into a, a hole in corporate America, it's like your parents are not going to help you out of that. It's like, you have to find your way out, you know? So luckily, like if you can learn that lesson early on in life, you know, there's avoidance, but at the same time too, back to what I said, you know, resilience, you know, you like, you need to have the ability and the desire to dig yourself out of, you know, whatever malfeasance you, you, you find yourself in, in the first place. Um, and I'm not saying like testing boundaries, like it's not a bad thing. Okay. Like I don't, I'm like, I'm okay with like young boys, girls, like just, you know, pushing it back. But you know, when they're met with resistance, um, you know, they should be able to stand on, you know, merit and, and, you know, like their decisions should be able to, uh, you know, find their way out. And then if they don't, then the parents can come in and say, okay, this is what maybe you should have done, not push mm-hmm. it too much, and then let them go out, try again, fail, and then go, like, go again. Mm-hmm. What I'm also hearing is a general sense of allowing the child to unfold, right? To make mistakes, to switch directions, to express a new interest, um, to perhaps even listen to them when they don't like something and when they're just like, I don't want to do it, you know, to 
like you said, to not punish that as well, but to, to present them back with, well, if you don't like this, what would you like to do? What are you interested in? Right. That kind of, I mean, I'm not opposed to a stern hand and I'm not talking about physical abuse at all. And I, I mean, like, you know, you know, being, being, being stern, like, um, you know, certain, certain skills, I, I, I mean, I'm very, very, um, you know, akin to the idea that like, this is what they have to understand and learn. Um, right. Right. Um, but you know, beyond that, like I, I would never like fault the daughter if I ever had one, you know, if she wants to be like a gymnastics enthusiast or a singer, it's, it's like, all right, fine. Like, um, I will let you do that. Like, that's the, like, I will support you. Um, you can do that, but you will, you know, get these marks in math and science and, and, you know, that's, that's the baseline. So right, right. You know, like do it, but, but, but this is the price that you will pay. And so, you know, cause it, it, it does teach ownership. It teaches resilience. It teaches, um, you know, you know, a work ethic, um, which whether or not, you know, they make it as a singer or a dancer, sure. Fine. Great. But their fallback, boom, math and science. Um, you know, whereas, whereas like, you know, if you pursue math and science, that's kind of arbitrary. Um, we'll just give you a drug. So you pass your tests, you can go pursue your passions kind of ambiguously. And then a uh, question mark. Hmm. That's, that's what I've seen. So that's great. Yeah. And now it was a very, uh, I, I don't want to say it's a hypothetical question. It is, but asking you, what kind of person do you think, or, or I should say differently, what kind of future do you think could have been present now for you if you had been someone just continuously medicated and sort of, you know, uh, groomed to believe that you do have a disorder and you have ADHD and you got to keep taking medications? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that comes to mind? I know that's a very hypothetical question, but... Um, uh, you know what? Very, 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 very early on, you know, I, I, I mentioned, you know, going back to, oh, I went to this room. I didn't know why, but my friends did too. <clears throat> so some of those friends actually about a good half of them, um, are not doing well. Um, you know, this is just, I mean, it's been, it's been kind of like a gateway. I mean, people want to argue about pot being a gateway drug. It's like, no, 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 no. No, um, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, and, you know, just, it, it, it's like, let's be real. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, you know, from, from my perspective, anecdotal, it's about a 50-50 that you'll end up doing, you know, either okay or really bad. Mm. Um, and do you feel, I know you're not a doctor, obviously, and neither am I, but do you feel no. that is a more of a physical gateway or is it just the the mental attitude of like well i'm already using something to make me feel better or do better so may as well try something else or where do you think that no i think in? i th think given given where i grew up um it was like well i've failed expectations so yeah whatever forget it you know it, and then and then it's just it's just it's just kind of a listlessness you know it's just it's just like it's just a, it's a total like give up. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's, it's really sad. Like I've, I've, um, you know, even, even friends today, like I've, you know, I've kind of like semi looked them up on Facebook and I'm like, dang. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to swear, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's like, it, I'm like, okay, this is, uh, this is not good. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, the other side always says, oh, if you don't medicate children with ADHD, they will end up uh, drug uh, self-medicating, right? And I've now talked to several people who actually ended up self-medicating because they were on Ritalin or Adderall. Sure. Um, yep. yep. And, they, you know, they went down a really dark rabbit hole and and touched upon, you know, suicide. And, mm-hmm. um, and to me, it's just but that information isn't out there. And I always want parents to know that that's actually a myth because look, it's 50, 50. It's how a child is raised. If a child is raised with a lot of trauma and drama and abuse in the household, then it could go either way. They could do it without meds or with meds, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, um, you know, to me uh, it's just, it's a myth. And, and again, with what you saw or what you're saying uh, again is another uh, you know, sort of validation for me that really it comes down to um, how someone is raised and how they're treated, even if they are medicated. You know? But even 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 being raised, Roman, you know, one one thing that I call into question is like, all right, so you know, my 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 high school yearbook. Um, you know, even you you look at the staff uh, for mathematics and science. Okay, cool. You know, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I'll have to look, but I, I think it was like seven people, you know, for, for, for all of math, all of science, you know, for, for my school, why is the number of special ed staff almost 120% higher? Why? It wasn't that way 20 years ago, but why is it today? You know, it's like, well, and not today. I mean, 2002. So it's like, what changed? What changed? Yeah. And, 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 and so like, you know, me, me being kind of a speculative guy, it's like, why, like, you know, you, you, you scratch your head. You're like, well, all right, well, why, why is this, you know, like, why, why is this real? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I said that the other day to someone, I said that, you know, if, you know, there's always this, this, uh, term called normal abnormal and we say uh, ADHD is the abnormality and normal is being you know normal and now if if we if the 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 numbers of the diagnosis for ADHD increase uh, at this rapid rate then maybe in 20 years we'll have more people with ADHD than non-ADHD so then is that the new norm right is the normal then to be ADHD so it's kind of like there is no real uh, consensus around mm-hmm. what normal actually is. It seems that way. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, like I, I believe that. Um, I mean, from multiple metrics, but yeah, sure. And, you know, so when I hear someone say, oh, your child isn't, you know, like your mom was reading the brochure when we did the interview and, and she was reading it and it said it will make your child normal again. Right. <laughs> Right. That's a very, very nebulous, uh, yeah, very nebulous statement, right? Left up to the interpreter. It's like a choose your own adventure book. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, this has been great, Andrew. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? I just want to 
make sure uh, if there's anything that you wanted to say uh, to me or to listeners or about your story, um, yeah, let me know. Um, the only thing that I like actually believe is I think this is a self-correcting problem. Like, you know, and, and there's what I mean by that is it's, it's, uh, you know, parents like, and, you know, children will, will, will go through hardship, but like, this is not, um, the desired outcome isn't being had and people now are starting to realize that. And thus the equation will be kind of, um, reworked but you know again i think this is at at you know at at, at length's end this is a self-correcting problem and uh you know i just for parents um you know don't don't give up so early on that's uh my biggest mm. message to anyone who's got a young child so Wow. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Thank you for saying it that it's a very compact message, but don't give up so early, uh, allowing the child to find its, its way and, and to, to create its own, right. To carve out its own path in this world. Right. So fantastic. Well, Andrew, this has been great. Uh, first of all, again, congratulations, uh, getting engaged and. Oh, thank you. Yeah you know, running businesses and, and enjoying cooking. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's, it's good for me. <laughs> yeah. And I know you had some, uh, some ribs in the oven, so enjoy those. Oh, yeah. I will. And, uh, it, we're going to leave in the show notes. If anybody uh, wants to reach out, I can let them know to uh, contact me if they had any questions or wanted some more input or feedback from you. Uh, I will pass that on to you. Um, but in the meantime, have an amazing uh, weekend and thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thank you, Ron.